Hi, welcome to Forbes India's The Startup Fridays podcast. I'm Hari Arkley, tech editor at Forbes India. And in these podcasts, we'll bring you conversations with entrepreneurs who are finding opportunities in solving a variety of problems in multiple areas, from agriculture and satellite imagery to digital finance and cryptocurrencies. We'll also talk to investors from venture capital companies and other folks who are playing a significant role in India's maturing startup scene. You can find a new episode every Friday evening. You can also find us live on Instagram every Friday morning. Stay safe and happy listening. I always say every show that our guest today is special, but today's guest is truly very special because not only did she turn to entrepreneurship uh, after working as an engineer at various interesting companies, but she's also taken it upon herself to... uh, do something truly crucial to millions of people around the world um, and she's doing it out of India. Our guest today is uh, Richa Singh, co-founder, chief conceptualizer and CEO of Your Dost. I'm sure many of you know about uh, her network. For more than six years now, uh, Richa has been working to simply make it easier for people to talk to someone uh, when they need to who can not only listen with empathy, but also offer professional help whenever or wherever needed. And she's built this work into a growing network uh, uh, that now touches, I think, uh, millions of people, both as individuals and employees in corporate companies that have partnered with your dost. And of course, the last 18 months have uh, obviously made Richa's work that much more relevant and urgent and important. So, Richard, truly excited and uh, very kicked to have you with us this morning. Uh, welcome to this conversation. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So looking forward to it. Yeah, excellent. So, of course, your dost uh, in India is quite uh, well known uh, and you've won several awards. Uh, but for folks who may be less familiar with your work, uh, please tell us about how you started uh, your dost. What got you interested in this uh, field? Honestly, um, I started because of my own personal experience. Uh, I think quite a few people might relate to my journey because they would have had similar experiences uh, themselves, maybe. So I grew up in Bhopal. I grew up in a small town. Uh, uh, my parents said, you know what, IIT is a thing. And I'm like, oh, I was also prepared for it. And that's how I get into IIT Guwahati. When I was in college, uh, a friend of mine, or rather a hostel mate of mine, who would stay two rooms beside my room, took her lap. Because somewhere she anticipated she might not get a good placement. Much before any company had really come to the campus. Now we can only contemplate it. Uh, even at that time in our campus, 13 years back, we had counselors, we had psychologists, we had psychiatrists, but not many people would go to them. And culturally, there is a little bit of stigma around seeking psychological help. And personally, that's what intrigued me into this subject. Uh, you know, someone who was there was just not there anymore. Uh, you know, that age, seeing that, experiencing that. I started questioning myself what is that I could have done differently to maybe save her? Or to help a lot of people, a lot of people like me, a lot of people like you, a lot of people like us, right? who might be confused, who might just want to talk it out to someone. Someone learns, so what is that we could do to help people before things got severe? I think with that, we really started on your dose. We said if we could 
combine technology and psychology, maybe we could help to support a lot of people with cortex concern. Um, and again, the idea is very simple, like how we all go to a gym or a run, not because we have a malaria or a diarrhea or a um, cancer, right? We don't want just to be better. Similarly, can we help enable people, organizations, institutions to start taking care of their emotional so that they are more productive, they are healthier, they are, they are happier relationships, they, they are more productive, they have manage their time better, etc. So I think that's what we're trying to create, work through, create through your those uh, that ecosystem, that emotional wellness coach for people, for organizations, for institutions to help one be a better version of themselves. Yeah. So let me ask you to kind of uh, recall, if you will, uh, the earliest days uh, of your dose uh, when you started maybe the first day or the first week of your dose. Do you recall uh, maybe the first person or the first few people who called? Uh, did you take the calls yourself? What was that experience like? Um, so I, uh, I'm not a training therapist. So uh, I can't really give you go to counseling, but I do remember one of the very few incidents. Um, there was this girl who called us where um, her parents were not, um, she she has, she wanted to take a break, uh, or rather, uh, she wanted to take a break and ended up, ended up doing like, uh, wanting to get into teaching. But her parents were all like, the teaching is not what you should be doing, and you should prepare for IIT, you should uh, prepared for engineering exams, etc. Right? And she had done her bachelor's, but I think further they wanted her to study and uh, she wanted to teach. She used to really love that. And uh, I think after her uh, education, she has come back home to sort of start uh, somewhere in teaching. And this is what she would hear every day in and out in the morning, in the night, her parents telling her how she has been. She has let them down and she was. At a point, she was very, very old then, and that's when she reached out to Ivatos. Um, I still remember, and we worked with her for almost a month, two months in fact. Uh, and then she was much better, she was in a much better situation where uh, she also spoke her mind out to her family. She also ended up taking, joining a school in uh, Delhi. But I, I still remember her saying, you know what, now that I've come back home, uh, everybody is like, Sharma ji ka beta to ye kar rahe, inki beta to wo kar rahe, and what am I doing? And I'm feeling, I was feeling so bad that I even contemplated um, just leaving everything and going away or just like, ending everything. Uh, but uh, because you only person who trusted me was my expert and your toes, and I owe it to you guys. I still remember that statement from her. She called her, she called her, she called me at night. Mm. You know, I feel like I'm not to end something. I'm like, no, hold on, they're going to help you the best way possible. And mm. then after two months, she again called and said that, you know what, you guys were the only people who stood by me. And, you know what, I'm, I'm also taking up teaching and I, I have also had that courage to open up and talk to my family and convince them that is what I want to do. Mm. And, and uh, uh, can you talk about uh, some of the important milestones in your mind? Uh, that uh, made you feel that you're on the right track of uh, building uh, your dose? Yeah. Uh, initial days were very hard actually. Uh, initially, uh, people would be like, you know what, um, you're trying, what you're trying to do, can you even build a business out of it, right? Mm. Uh, 
doing good and doing business should not happen together. You should treat it like an NGO or not for profit because I think we need to wait here. We felt like doing good and doing business can happen together. Uh, we felt like there is a big market out there and there are people who need help. Right? It's not about um, it's not something that cannot be built. It's just that people have not experienced uh, emotional wellness. How do you take care of your emotional wellness and our customer? And that's where we need to work on. So initially, those conversations with every from investor community to in general, whoever we would talk to would be like, "Oh, NGO Kolo, this is something you should do after your 50 and so on." I mean, things that like you know, but we were very clear. You know, we want the best of the people, build the best of the business up there. And really support people because that's where it can scale, right? It also needs to be sustainable. Um, I think from uh, the time from uh, I need starting up to a team which is uh, 900 plus experts right now, uh, that uh, I think that being one of the milestones, big milestones from us, from uh, people like Sanjay and Anurag, finally trusting us and saying, "Hey, you know what? We will be your regional investors and we will support you in this journey." I think that was another milestone for us in um, October of 2015. Then Sarah Partners uh, coming in and joining our journey. This kept me another milestone for us. Um, some of uh, one of the institutes, our first institute, Ivy Madras, that we started working with, kept me another milestone for us. Corporates, these students now getting into corporates and saying, "Hey, you know what? We also need to work with your those because you guys are very helpful for us." And that's how our journey working with corporates started. From that first corporate to now, close to I think 200 plus uh, that we work with. I think that uh, that has been a really mm. really exciting journey. Mm. And just a reminder to our audience: uh, uh, do keep the questions uh, coming. Hit the question button. Uh, please tap out your questions. Uh, towards the end, uh, we'll try and take as many as uh, we can, uh, time permitting. Uh, that's it. So, um, so today, uh, what are we? Sorry, go ahead. You were going to say something. I would just also just like to add to what I was saying. Right, uh, I think two years back we also took a decision, or we wanted to make our business sustainable. Right, we we realized that this we could all we could raise money, but we also need to make it as a sustainable business because now if we have to true to our vision. Uh, it also needs to run on its own, yeah. and uh, uh, I think one very proud moment for us was two years back we actually did our profitability. Uh, so we have been uh, profitable since then. I think that's one of the milestones. Very very important for all of our team. Say, hey, we built something meaningful that we could um, we could run on its own. There is because there are um, there is aspirations of growing up, but there is no threat to life. It is a uh, I think that's something that we really. Yeah, I mean that's it's pretty remarkable given that uh, you're doing this uh, uh, in in a market where people are not necessarily uh, used to naturally paying for a service. Uh, I guess we pay for you know doctor services, but I, in in the field of uh, mental health or even just seeking the help of a therapist, I think a lot of people would probably just talk to a friend or someone if they can. Uh, Yeah, so so it's yeah, I guess that's that much more remarkable that you've actually achieved profitability over the last two years. Um, so today, what are the uh, top uh, flagship services uh, your those offers across individuals, startups, corporates? So 
we work with organizations, we also work with institutions. Uh, we generally work at three levels. One is the individual level, where uh, we, we have this platform where people could anonymously 24 by 7 seek support from professionals who are trained psychologists, counselors, career coaches, psych coaches. They can have one-on-one session with them, video, telephonic, chat, face-to-face, whatever works for them. We also provide a self-help and awareness programs, maybe how you develop healthy sleep habits, to uh, working on your social media addiction, to working on helping people during the time of maternity, very specialized program for uh, startup founders, leadership, etc. So we do a lot of work at the individual level, one-on-one support, uh, group support, to specialized self-help support. We also do a lot of work on the team's level. Think, how do we make, uh, see, one is we are helping individuals being emotionally resilient, but how do we empower the managers, the HR, the leadership? Think, how can you support so that uh, your community is more emotionally resilient? Right? Mm. So, a lot of trainings for them, for the managers, for the HRs, for the leaders, uh, saying, how do you identify that your people need help? What should you say? What should you not say? So, a lot of trainings around that. Third, I think, we also work at the right at the top at the organization or institution level, saying what policies should you have? How can you help? Because it needs to be an agenda of the top. If really we need to make a ground uh, real change, it needs to be an agenda of the top of the organization. Right? So how do we empower the uh, the top saying, hey, how do you build emotionally healthy, uh, emotionally resilient organization? What should be in the communication? What should you say? What should you not say? How do you position it, um, etc. So I think we work at all three levels because we believe when it's agenda of talk, that's when a true transformation can happen at all levels. Hmm. So today, the bulk of uh, people who use your users, they they come to you through companies, is it? Yes, organizations and institutions. Okay. Um, and I see on your website you also have a founders program. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yes. Um, very, very close to my heart. I think a lot of founders were reaching out to us, uh, especially I think since the pandemic has our uh, outbreak of the pandemic. We have understood uh, that there has been a hundred percent jump in the uptake of the founders program. Right? So, mm. one is uh, how do we help founders? Right? We have a six, six to eight week long program. Where we assign, we have a coach who work with them. First, we do a goal setting, uh, saying what is that you need to work on? Is it your co-founder relationship? Is your relationship with the spouse? Is it, is it the negative thought process? Because you know, founders journey is very lonely. Right? They, they, it needs to be always like I am in control. Everything is great. We are building something amazing. But we also need that support, someone to talk to, to discuss where, uh, where they can be, we can, we can truly talk about what they are going through and somebody can guide them on uh, those things better. So that's how we saw a lot of founders reaching out and that's how we created this pro- uh, program to work on some of these aspects, be co-founder relationships, be it negative thought process, be it uh, relationships at home, be it uh, in general, how do I feel more confident uh, when I have to lead things, etc. Uh, where we have a coach, we do a goal setting and take them through a very structured journey over a period of uh, eight weeks working on that goal that we have set up. So we need, I think a lot of uh, entrepreneurs like Reiki reach out to us as well 
we've also worked with a lot of incubators um, like NSRCell, like a Baker, and through that, the founders of that, their cohort also sign up for these programs. Mm. I think once founders found it beneficial, we've seen founders getting their other co-founders signing up, their employees signing up, mm. and so on as well. Mm. You, you mentioned earlier you have over 200 corporate businesses now partnering with those. Uh, and also I saw on your website uh, that you have over a million individuals through companies uh, who are using your dose in some way or the other. Uh, yeah. Give us a sense of the uh, scale of operations. Uh, did you also have physical centers where people could go to? I mean, in the pre-COVID time. Okay. So how we work is, uh, so we have uh, started off with two million lives right now. Okay. Um, actually, more than close to three hundred institutions, organizations that we work with by now. Mm. Uh, we have uh, we have just, we have conducted over fifteen lakh plus counseling sessions. Uh, we, we work with various communities, like I said, with individuals in organizations, with students, with managers, with HRs, with uh, uh, a lot of trainings, etc. With founders, programs around maternity, healthy sleeping habits. We've done a lot of COVID support. We've had a lot of companies uh, to handle the. Uh, layoff support, especially at the time of uh, when the first wave has hit and the businesses were going through a lot of challenges. Yeah. Uh, to answer the question of do we do physical uh, support as well, we do that in the pre-COVID world. Uh, at a lot of organizations, a lot of institutions, we also have our counselors going there. We also have certain uh, clinics across the country also. Mm. Where we provide face-to-face counseling, but since last one and a half years, it's all online. But we were all against online first because what we realized was there was not a stigma to go to meet someone, and that's how we have all when we started yours also almost six years back. It was online first. Um, when a lot of people started meeting their counselors, and there were some people who wanted to meet someone face to face also. That's why we enabled face to face also. Hmm. I, uh, you did mention resilience uh, in one of the earlier uh, responses and I think uh, that was definitely a, uh, something that I wanted to talk to you more about or get you to tell us more about. Uh, I mean, it's a kind of now, like many other uh, marketing words, it's a much abused word these days. Uh, but uh, truly, it is at the heart of what uh, we are going through and it's really the uh, I guess the uh, the characteristic that we need to rely on most these days, uh, being resilient. So, uh, in your work with your customers and with the people who use your services, uh, especially over the last eighteen months, what uh, what are the kind of experiences that you can talk about in how people are trying to find resilience, uh, you know, in going about their everyday work and trying to kind of keep their sanity intact? Yeah. Who are you not? You can't really control. Right? But if there's too much of a flame, 
uh, or the pressure cooker is on a flame, what can happen? The pressure cooker could burst. Right? If there's too little flame, also if you try cooking the rice on a too little flame, it will not cook. So there's some amount of stress. This is important, right? Talk to a student or talk to yourself. Also, if you don't have a deadline, you will never end up doing anything. Right? Right? So, but if if that pressure is too much, what can happen? The pressure cooker could burst. One way of releasing that pressure is through just whistle, right? Feeling your whistle. So talking to your friends, talking to your family member, talking to your colleagues, or even talking to your professional, right? Is that releasing of that pressure? And do do I have that safe space where I can talk it out? Yeah. But another way that you could handle a lot more pressure is by increasing your capacity from a five liter pressure cooker to a ten liter pressure. Right, imagine the same amount of stress, but you're a same amount of pressure, but you're a ten liter pressure cooker. You can handle it much more. Right, and all the things that we work upon, right, helping you develop a healthy sleep habit, or gratitude as a practice, yoga, meditation, all of this, what it helps them increasing their capacity. See, it's not the situation that affects us, right? It's the way we respond to the situation is uh, what we need to learn. And I think a lot of these things and the programs and things that we try to create is is how do we actually help you increase your capacity, yeah. right? So that your response, you are not reacting to things; you are rather responding to it, right? I mean, uh, you have those uh, bouncy balls, right? You know how to bounce back from the things because you are in the right frame of mind. You can look at things from various perspectives. Mm. Fair enough. Uh, you also mentioned uh, being online first. Uh, And on that point, uh, uh, I also realize that a lot of these things uh, can have some technological underpinnings, uh, and also these days because people are working uh, a lot more from home remotely and so on. So it's also kind of become the obvious necessity. So, so on that point, I mean, and in college, uh, I saw that you you studied uh, subjects like uh, computer interaction and uh, interaction design and so on. So. Uh, and i know that there is a there are good your dost apps so can you talk about that a little bit how you've been using technology what kinds of technologies and how that's been uh, evolving over the years yeah uh, so you know what uh, that's a good question because we can both i and we really come from the field of technology right? i think uh, we didn't come from the field of psychology i think uh, we, we had our experience we understood technology And that's when we started meeting a lot of counselors. And talking about since 2009, we were meeting a lot of counselors just to understand what do you do? Why are people not approaching you? There is a help. Why are people not taking that help? Yeah. Okay. Or why? Why are people for emotional wellness? So then we really need to change that. And that's when we realized, right? There is no stigma in our society about seeking psychological help. Two. Even if people want to seek support, we might know a good cardiologist or a good surgeon in the country, but we hardly know about a good psychologist. Right? I think that I don't think any name would come to your mind. For me, a lot of times people say that I experience it myself. I wanted to talk it out to someone day to day when you know when I was going through that. But there was no support available at those times, and when you would call out, try to book appointment, you want to call up somebody at two in the night, right? Um, and when you try to take appointments, you will get five days later, ten days later. You're not in that same state of mind because it's all the grooves that you can see, right? That's constantly reminding you that. And over these gaps, technology seemed like a solution. Right? 
you can have anonymity so that there is no stigma because it's online it's uh, it can be made available 24 hours 7 uh, you can make uh, the right profile the right review so that there is transparency and there is more accessibility right so even if i'm sitting in a chair i can i can actually talk to someone who is the best psychologist in Delhi or wherever Mm. Right? Or the other way out. Yeah, I might be a good psychologist, but I'm sitting in a very small town for whatever reason. I have avenues to support a lot of people throughout the country. Mm. So I think that really, uh, really helped. It also makes things more transparent. Uh, see, psychology or therapy has been a very close to a thing. How do you say hey, this person is good or the approach that they use is good? So a lot of reviews, rating, supervision of the experts can happen very, very well. A lot of self-help, right? How do you make, uh, can you help with uh, sleep as a healthy part? It always not necessarily always need a person on the other side. Can you give them those reminders? Can you give them those activities to do? Can you do pre-assessment, post-assessment? That can all fully happen because it's technology. Right? So technology sits at the heart of everything. Also, we run a lot of blog, big operations. Uh, 24 bar 7, having doing almost 800 sessions every day. So that can only happen if everything is sort of technology enabled. So I think, yeah, technology sits there. And I think from my experience personally, coming from design and user experience design, I've always felt design is all about problem solving. And this was a problem that interested us. Uh, and we, we integrated various aspects to say, hey, how do we go about it? solving this problem, how do we help people be a better version of themselves and technology did pay on, continues to pay on one of the most critical ways. Hmm. What are uh, some of the most important ways in which people use the your those app? Hmm, that's a good question. I think, um, so I'll probably say for a pre-COVID, post-COVID. Hmm. Um, so I think one of the major things that people seek support is definitely relationships. Almost 30%, upwards of 30% is relationships, right? It could be both pre-marital, post-marital, that people, boyfriend, girlfriend, to husband, wife. These days, I think since COVID, there's also a lot more relationship in the family, right? where people talk about I'm finding it difficult to get along with my in-laws. A lot of uh, youngsters talking about the, uh, uh, lot of, I, I'm used to a certain freedom, and I find that freedom missing because I'm staying at home. Yeah. Uh, a lot of parenting has also, I think a lot of employees reach out, parenting has a challenge, especially the outbreak uh, of the pandemic, so there's less care that everybody's together all the time. So, a lot of those. Plus, uh, 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 I think since COVID, a lot of work-life integration as well, people are talking about. Sometimes the situations at home are not great or the... Right? 
I think first wave it was more about will my job be secure, um, work life integration, first time being at home, parenting. But since the second wave, it's more people have lost people in the family. So grief, or overthinking, or thinking around where it happened to me, right? Seeing it very closely happening to the loved ones. I think those are some of the things that we've been seeing a lot in the last two, three months, or maybe more. I think since April, May, June, yeah, three months. Hmm. So uh, one of the things uh, in a Forbes India conversation, obviously, there's a lot of interest in your own entrepreneurial journey uh, as well. So. Uh, in the context of what we've been talking about, uh, I mean, over the last uh, two years to eighteen months, uh, can you talk about some of the ways in which you uh, kept yourself uh, grounded? Uh, you know, uh, what kind and what kind of? We will ask that part later. Yeah, let's ask you about this. Uh, what are the ways that work for you for you to keep yourself grounded? Yeah, a couple of things that I've been doing practicing that for many years now. So I. I um, like I talked about, right, that increase in that capacity. Yeah. So I, I work on that quite a bit. From my daily yoga to meditation to, um, I have a, uh, Penny who's a CFO, she's a chief fund officer at your office. We both run in the morning at 6 o'clock. It's very important for both of us to do that. Um, I, I also, I think one of the things that it's helped, and if at all, if it might help someone else also, um, especially, I mean, I started this practice since the pandemic, was also making a gratitude journey, right? I think every day, as I will use a calendar invite for myself, every day I take 10 minutes just writing down things that I'm being grateful for, for yesterday. Mm. It could be anything. It could be that somebody made me a lunch, somebody um, had a great conversation with me, or I'm thankful for myself that I was able to help someone. Whatever it is, uh, I, uh, uh, my parents are there healthy, uh, and you know, I don't have to worry about them so much. So, I I think every day, I think there is enough going on to say, oh, honey, what's going This is not going well, that is not going well. But I think I take out that 10 minutes to write, saying five things that I'm grateful for. That's the first thing that I do in the morning. Um, that really, really uh, helps. I have seen it. Uh, your, your approach to life becomes a lot more positive. So I think that's something that uh, I, I also take therapy for myself and I think my pressures to sort of come out. Uh, I do talk to a therapist and I believe that we are all humans. We are vulnerable. We have our ups and downs. It's okay to talk about. Right? So your confidant, be your family, be your friends, or even be your professional, right? Because you can be more open to them. We also know how to deal with the situation they're trained to do that better i think those are things that really helps hmm. uh, a, a couple of questions uh, if you will uh, from our audience uh, one is uh, the first one's related a lot more to your work uh, but there are also questions that will follow on the entrepreneurial side this one from uh, we with heap underscore zero seven can you talk about impact of the pandemic on young children yeah, what have the folks who have been talking to you or those been telling you about this? Um, I think so. Um, one, I mean, I see that in my young nephew's quarter of it, you know, not being able to go out, every class just being online, where we mm. talk about how you should limit your screen usage. You know, we are saying that, hey, five hours straight, you sit in front of the screen and 
everything you learn from them. So that's been difficult. I think that's been difficult for them also. Where do they take out their energy, right? And they have that friend. They have those swings. They have these are things that they could do, which they just can't do anymore, right? All they have to do is sit at the home. They go to the parents, and parents are like, "What is this? Don't bother me so much, right?" Because they also need this space. So I think it has been hard on them. But on the other hand, I also look at a uh, lot of young children. A lot of parents have got time to spend with young children, right? Um, so things that um, I know my parents and my we were growing up with both parents working. Uh, we used to always long for when mama baba would be home, right? and you know, for a young child, the modeling happens from their parents. And unfortunately, unfortunately, that opportunity or the time has come because they are both there. So a lot of Things that they wanted to sort of do together with their children, um, be it cooking, be it playing, be it uh, making something of uh, uh, clay, uh, dowels, etc. They're able to do that. I think that's a great thing. Uh, you've got that bonding uh, time with each other, and children also love that. I see my brother-in-law the, uh, uh, and the child being able to have so much time with his dad. As soon as his call gets over. Is like now we can do something together, right? Which is not the case. No commute, nothing. So the children also like that part, but I think they definitely need more. Um, I mean, their energy needs to be distributed in the right place, and we need to involve them maybe a little bit more on household chores or give them responsibility. Ki ye wala na tumhara kaam. Even if they are two year old, three year old, four year old, right? They can they can contribute their energy and to be creative about that in some way. But yes, it has been hard. I I feel for them. Right? They don't don't get exposure. But I also see that maybe this is the time they can bond with their family a lot more. They can get involved into household chores. They they can get access to their parents. You carry na kam bhi karna padta hai. It's not like they're just leaving them and going. So I think that's uh, that's an opportunity also for all of us to have that bond. Yeah, it's a slightly general question, but again, the interest is in about uh, learning things from your entrepreneurial journey. So maybe if I can sharpen the focus a bit, I was also quite curious about whether it is uh, difficult or it has been difficult to raise funding, find resources to keep a venture like yours uh, sustainable because the social uh, focus is very strong, uh, not a very conventional. Kind of commercial enterprise, but the social uh, uh, underpinnings are very, very strong. So, um, but you have some really well-known investors backing you as well. So, so any thoughts on how folks can succeed on this front? So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's a good question. I think uh, also like this person said, right? Uh, uh, how do we success? I think. Why are you doing what you are doing is very important, right? Mm-hmm. And there is a strong reason to it. Right? See, I I always look at myself. There are two kinds of entrepreneurs, right? You found an opportunity. This is a space. This is great. I should do something about it. The other are people who experience something and they feel for that problem, and that's why they want to do something about it, right? There's a difference in approach. One is that okay, there has to be a great opportunity. I jump in here. This is something I care about, and that's why I jump. And I think whatever approach you take is fine, but if you have that thing, right? Why am I doing? What am I doing? What's wrong? I, I think that's infectious also. A lot of people relate to it, saying, "Um, to to answer your question, Hari, where you say, where it be easy?" I think uh, a lot of people that they hire, they 
join us because they have seen uh, some of the things. They also think that abortion awareness should be given that due importance. Even from, uh, I remember one of the investors we have, uh, I was talking about your toast in an event uh, where she walked up to me right after that. She said, whenever you're raising your next round, talk to him. Right? Uh, and one year later, she's in the US, we were raising an extra. Um, and uh, she she was one of the only investors in Google, right? Uh, Mr. Motwani, Rajiv Motwani, who is Tani and Tani and so he's a PhD guy uh, when the search engine and Google was getting. And she heard me talking at an event, right? At Ink Talks, where I'm a fellow. And she walked up to me, and a year, year and a half later, when we were doing the uh, round, I just messaged her saying, hey, we might be doing this, would you be interested? On WhatsApp, she responded that I am in, connecting you to my bankers, they'll take care of the transaction, right? There's no no Excel, no, uh, nothing, there was no question out, there was no, not even a call, it was just a WhatsApp message, saying, where am I this? She said, interested, connecting you to writing. I'm just saying, what, what I'm trying to say is because of the calls, you also get the right people in who be it your investors, be it your well-wishers, be it your employees who stand by you because they care about that larger group. Mm-hmm. So, I think that, that's also uh, something that you, that's a strength that we have and that, that is something we have, I think, as a, uh, as a startup a lot more so that it attracts the right people. Mm. By the way, I apologize that there was a lot of background noise at my end. Uh, I'm, I'm in a place where it's very difficult for me to find a quiet place. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, maybe one or two last questions. Uh, again, uh, folks, audience want to know more about what you've done as an entrepreneur. Uh, you did talk about your early uh, days at Yodos, but any specific lessons that people can take away in terms of how you kept going yeah. in the early stages? I think a couple of things that uh, helped me personally, after I back. Uh, I think that might help others as well. Um, and if I would have known about these things while starting up, it would have been more settled. I think one is, uh, do entrepreneurship is like a, um, it's a long journey. It's like a marathon. It's not a sprint, right? Because we hear that something became an overnight success. That doesn't happen. I think I still remember Messi once said, right? For me to be an overnight success, I've worked really hard for 17 years, 364 days, and that's when I become an overnight success. So I think, Having that larger perspective in mind, why are you doing what you're doing becomes critical. Right? So you, you become something that you care about. Right? Not because it's sexy and it's nice, but you really care about it also. Second, so I think uh, I put it um, the importance of uh, having an MVP, right? A minimum viable product. I know being from a design field or being from, I always wanted to put out something which was like really nice built and I could be proud of. Uh, I, I still remember meeting uh, Ashish, uh, one of the founders of uh, Urban, Urban Ladder in one of the events, and he asked me, right, if you put it out right now, what would happen? I'm like, it doesn't look good. It is not, oh, it doesn't have all the features. And he's like, who will even look at you? You know, we have 1.3 billion people, and it's, do you think everything is not looking at it? And that's when I put it out. I don't think I'm proud of what it was, but I think the learning I got from there was immense, right? What work, what flows work, what didn't work, what are people perceiving it as? So I think the power of MVP, the minimum viable product, right? It may not be a full product. It could be just you're doing things in Excel, you're doing things in WhatsApp, that's okay. So I think I cannot stress more on that thing of minimum viable product, right? Mm. You put 
in Excel, we don't just see that you really have someone who will buy it or something who is ready to use it, right? Because it's very different people saying that I will use it and uh, really actually using it. Okay. Uh, okay. I think I haven't been, I've always been an introvert, it's not so much about networking and I will let my work speak for me. But I think being an entrepreneur, I really learned that networking is so important. Mm. You never know where you might find your uh, next co-founder or your next employee or next investor. So I think it's your job. It's not like everybody would know or discover you. It's also your important job that you talk about what you're doing. Nobody's going to steal it. Mm. Uh, ideas, ideas have no value or have less of value. It's the execution that matters. Okay. So, um, I think those would be something that I would say for anybody who's trying to start out. I think uh, just keep that in mind. I felt if I, uh, my learning curve would have been faster. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have completely run out of time. Uh, there are so many more questions I have and the audience have, but uh, I'm afraid we'll have to leave it there today. Uh, Richa, amazing to have you here this morning. Thank you so much for making time for this, and we hope to keep the conversation going. Thank you so much. Very, very, very thankful for you to have me as a part of the session. I really enjoyed it. Thank you guys for asking so many questions. Um, just always remember, uh, you know, we are humans. Humans could be vulnerable. We have our ups and downs, but it's okay to talk about it. Right? Feel free to reach out to me, reach out to your those that could help in any way So that was Richa Singh, uh, CEO, uh, founder of uh, Your Dose, a uh, wonderful conversation. Um, that's it for uh, this week's uh, Startup Fridays. I will be back next week. Uh, and incidentally, next week's also going to be about, uh, going to be around conversations, but the, the AI-driven conversations. Uh, next week's guest will talk about conversational AI and how that is making a, a, a big dent in so many different industries. Uh, That should be an interesting conversation. Uh, So that's it for me, Uh, wherever you are. uh, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. Have a good Friday and a good weekend ahead. See you next week.